to grow your business, you've got to know what activities actually take to grow your business. And I spent some time with my business coach identifying the things that actually led to growth. And so I now have 11 metrics or actions. Welcome to the Hustle Rebellion Show. We are on a mission to prove that being busy all the time does not always lead to success. We are business owners who are ready to stop wasting energy so we can be more productive. This podcast will give you the steps to stop hiding behind the hustle so you can start living the life you want. I'm your host, Heather Porter. Welcome to episode 77. All right, guys. Now, if you are feeling a little overwhelmed in your business, which let's face it, is probably most of you, which is why you listen to this show. But if you are genuinely, if you're feeling a little overwhelmed, if you're feeling a little bit lost, if you feel like you've just worked so damn hard for so freaking long and you're not getting the results you want, please listen to this episode. It's going to light some fire under you, inspire you to keep going. I want to introduce you to my guest, Andrew Woodward. So Andrew has over 25 years experience in finance and CEO roles and with formal training in stock investing, property investing, foreign exchange trading, mindset and manifestation. He has spent the last seven years teaching people how to grow their wealth to secure their financial future. He's the founder of The Investor's Way. His clients are on the way to adding seven plus figures to their net worth. He's on a mission to change the financial outcomes of more than 1 million people by creating generational financial freedom. Now, I know there's a lot of buzzwords in there, and that's not what Andrew's all about, but I need to frame up his experience and his background so that you can embark on a journey with us to not only, I suppose, feel help in your wealth, no matter where you are in your journey, but also to hear from somebody who has worked really hard to be a success. And it was not an overnight success as we have lots of little jokes about that. So please let this episode inspire you to stay on the path, to keep going with wherever you are in your business journey and your life as well. Guys, you ready? Let's do this. All right, you guys. Well, yes, I have another amazing guest on the show. Andrew. Andrew, how's it going? I'm doing well. Thanks very much, Heather. Thanks for having me. So good to have you. And I just want to give a little bit of backstory before we get into who you are and what you do and all the good stuff. (laughs) So I met Andrew, you guys, really recently at like a business conference called Be Exponential. And we just had a chat and he was telling me that, as you just said earlier, you're an eight-year overnight success. (laughs) (laughs) And it really struck a chord with me because you also spoke about how you really stuck in there and persevered with your business through really hard times to be where you are now. And I think that backstory is probably what some of my listeners just need to hear right now, but also you and what you do in your business could help them too. So that's why you're here. (laughs) Excellent. Take that ball. Perfect. So we're going to get stuck in (laughs) straight away (laughs) with some questions. And I always like to start with some great tips to kick things off. And so I'd like for you to think, Andrew, of some times in your business where you've had high growth, might be right now, could have been recently, when you are in a bit of a stressful, overwhelming time. What are a few tips that you do personally to just get through those moments in your business? Well, I'm actually in one of those right now. October was the best month ever for my business. Wow. 
enabled me to employ my son. So it's been a busy time. It's been a hectic time. It's been an overwhelming time. And there's one thing that I was taught a long time ago to do, and I don't do it all the time, but I found myself going back to it when that overwhelm or that high level of anxiety, not necessarily anxiety, but stress maybe, starts to hit you because you've got so much going on. And it's one of those probably overused tools or or even maybe yeah, one of those guru type tools that people say you should use, but nobody really does. Well, I'm actually one of those ones that does do it. It's journaling, yep. but it's journaling very, very differently to what I've heard from a lot of people. And yeah, most people still talk about just journaling as a, a thing that you sit down, you know, for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it might be, and you just write something in your journal. The way I was taught to journal was to write for 30 minutes without stopping to think about what you're writing. Just write for 30 minutes and just whatever comes up, comes up. And so I quite often have found that I might start the 30 minutes of journaling going, I have no idea what I'm going to journal about today. And then you just start writing. And basically what it does is it allows the subconscious to kick in because you're not thinking about it. You don't even care if you're writing proper sentences. You're just writing. And the idea is that you just get the pen going for 30 minutes. And the thing that happens, it might not happen every time and it might not happen the first time you do it. But what eventually happens is the subconscious opens up and all the great stuff comes out. And I've used it many, many times to solve problems or to just calm the mind so that I could just focus on what was right for the moment or for the the issue that I was trying to resolve, whether that's business, life, whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, just try journaling, but from the perspective of don't think about it, don't go in with any preconceived ideas about what you want to write about. Just let the pen flow, and it has to be a pen. You can't type this. It has to be the pen, and just flow for 30 minutes. And you'll find around the the middle, you know, the 10 to 15 minute mark, suddenly all this stuff comes out and you're solving the world's problems. You know, you're getting ideas that you don't know where they're coming from. And it's all because you've just removed the clutter and given yourself an opportunity to open up. Really interesting. And also it's like a no stress way of journaling as well, because a lot of people set these rules, like sit down and answer these questions or whatever it is. But I quite like the free flow of that. Do you just set a timer when you do it? Yes, I set my um, phone on a 30-minute timer. Yeah. So that's not a distraction either. Like you're not looking at the time to see how long you've been going for. It's literally just writing for 30 minutes. And I've got books and books and books. So I've not necessarily gone back and reread them, but the person who taught me about it said, keep them. So I've got many, many books of just pages of what probably is a whole lot of gibberish. Yeah. But like I said, at times you get some real rockets come out and you know, it's really good to just de-stress, de-clutter and open yourself up for those gem ideas that come from the subconscious. Really smart. Like it. Mm. Do you have any more tips? What else do you do during these high stress moments like you're going through right now by the sounds of it? One of the things I guess I learned more recently, and I would say that's in the last 12 months, was that to grow your business, you've got to know what activities actually take to grow your business. And I spent some time with my business coach identifying the things that actually led to growth. And so I now have 11 metrics or actions 
and I track them every week. And so these 11 things are things I know if I do these things, my business will grow. Everything else is just noise. So I have a, we call it the CEO dashboard. It's got multiple sheets, but one of those sheets is what are these 11 activities and are you doing them? And every week we have a graph that shows whether I've done 80% of them, 100% of them, or whatever. And that's also the key. Don't get bogged down on the fact that if you don't do 100%, you know, you're not the worst in the world. It's life. But if you focus all your attention on those activities that will drive your business forward, then you're more likely to get the results you're looking for than if you just you know, kind of like hop from one thing to the other and you know, this is what this person says I should do, so I'm going to go and do that. And then the next week, no, I'll do this because I heard somebody was doing this other thing, so I'll go and do that. Identify what are the actual things that will grow your business and do them. Do you have a tool or sort of a resource that you've used to develop this dashboard? Oh, it's just in an Excel workbook. It's nothing spectacular. I know people use habit trackers and things like that, which you could do. You could use a habit tracker to do it. But for me, it's simply just an Excel workbook because it's connected to a whole host of other things that I track. So it's got probably 12 different sheets in there that, that are tracking a whole bunch of different things. But ultimately, I look at the end of the week. So I do my planning on a Sunday night. Between you and I, I have a red wine when I'm doing this. And I just look, plan out my week based on when am I going to fit these key activities into what I'm doing. So for example, one of them is to spend two hours on generating PR. Yeah. So I'm sending pitches to places or whatever it might be to get some media coverage or exposure somewhere. So I know that the more exposure I get, the more people know I exist, the more my business can grow. So two hours a week. So I just schedule that into my calendar on a Sunday night and I know then I'll get it done. It's about having conversations with people. How many conversations am I having, which then lead to sales calls? How many of them am I having? I know if I hit certain targets, then my business is growing and everything's happening in a nice, I guess, planned manner. Yes. But planned within the chaos as such. Yeah, smart. And (laughs) that's the theme that everyone says is like you have to have a grasp of your own time and have control over it. And it's a question for you about the 11 metrics that you came up with, because I know you have done that with a business coach. How did you come up with those 11 metrics? Oh, look, it was a combination of just looking at what it takes to grow a business. So we know for me that, and this is one of the biggest lessons I learned in life and why I guess my business started to grow after many years of it going nowhere, was I was relying on my funnel to do all the work. So I was relying on the Facebook ad to generate the leads and then the funnel to do the work to get them into my calendar. Yeah. And then realized after probably being hit by my business coach multiple times with the reality stick, which was you actually have to intervene and get people to actually do something (laughs) because they won't always do it on their own. So one of the metrics was I needed to make a certain number of calls to people that were getting stuck in a certain part of the funnel. So we set a target of 100 calls a week. And that then meant, well, if we make 100 calls, how many meetings do you want to have a week or calls do you want to have a week that would then lead to a sales call? So it was like, okay, let's set six as the target for first-time calls and three for sales calls. Now, those metrics have moved dramatically since we first set them, but that was kind of like the metric. If we can have six first-time calls and three sales calls, we knew we were going to get one sale a week at a minimum. And you know, we're now growing 
I think last week we did nine sales for the whole week. Yeah. So we we moved well past the one a week, but that's how it all evolved was to start with what would generate those activities. And then, you know, the leads were, well, where are we getting the leads from? Obviously, Facebook ads. So we looked at the spend on those, but then we also looked at what other things could drive those touch points that people need in order to know, like, and trust you. So it was things like, let's make sure we're getting some PR. Let's do Facebook posts, LinkedIn posts, all those types of things. And they all drove you know, where we were heading. And ultimately, the last one of all of them was, let's make some profit as we do it. Yep. There you go. What a concept, yeah. profit. <laughs> well, most people don't track it. You know, true, so I, I'm tracking it on a weekly basis. So yeah. I know that you know, the business is making money, yeah. which is why we do this at the end of the day. I, one of the things that I learned from a, you know, a mastermind group I was in, and I'm sure the other comment that this guy made to me is going to come up in this interview, but this particular comment was, yeah, we're in business obviously to make money, but we're also in business to make money so we can make an impact. Yes. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yes, which we're going to find out next. So before we do that, though, were there any last tips that you wanted to provide on moments of high growth before we move on to what you're doing to make an impact? Yeah, I think this one took me a long time to grasp myself. But now that I have, I feel like it's almost the most important one. And that's just trust your own journey. You're on your journey, not anybody else's. And I spent too much time when I was you know, struggling, you know, comparing what I was doing with what others were doing. Yeah. And, and getting caught up with, well, why were they being so successful? Yeah, I don't know what was going on in the background for them. My journey is my journey. And uh, I think when you trust your journey and trust that you're on the right path, you're more likely to get the growth that you're looking for or the results that you're looking for. It might even might not necessarily be growth, but at least the results you're looking for. If you just trust you and your own journey, you're far more likely to get the results that you are desiring. Words of wisdom from Andrew, you guys. Great words of wisdom. So now we're going to have to find out what Andrew actually does because he's had one of the best months ever in business. And I like that you said, or your wife says, you're an eight-year overnight success. By the way, you beat people because most people are a 10-year overnight success. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel good now. (laughs) Well done. You're a couple of years in there. I'm ahead of the curve. You're ahead of the curve. (laughs) So, Andrew, why don't you tell us what you actually do? What does your business do? This might upset a few people with part of how I describe what I do, but I'm a wealth coach. Or if you keep it between yourselves, I'm the anti-financial advisor. (laughs) Not that I'm necessarily anti-financial advisors, but I'm the opposite of them. So I'm about empowering people with the confidence, the tools, the resources, the strategy and a plan to manage and grow their wealth so that they don't need to pay someone else to do it who doesn't care as much about their money as what they do. And so it's about one-on-one coaching, you know, I don't like to say hold hands or you know, hand holding, but it's literally being their accountability buddy and support mechanism as I teach them what I've done for my wealth so they can do it for theirs without, as I said, having to get somebody else to do it who doesn't care as much about their money as they do. Mm, very smart little positioning there. I really like that, actually. I like how you, <laughs> you talked about it. So, okay, so we want to get clear now on how you work with people because you call yourself a coach. Do you do one-on-ones and groups or just one-on-ones? How does it work? So I only do one-on-ones because of a couple of reasons. And I know 
people in business might say, oh, look, that's very limiting. You're not going to be able to scale that. But what people have to understand is I'm not looking to build a, a massive business. I want to have a massive impact. But to do that, I need to work one-on-one with people because we all grew up in an environment where we're taught not to talk about money, politics, and religion. Yep. And getting people to talk about their personal money in group environments is very, very difficult. And everyone's circumstances are also very different. So I am, for those people who are saying this is, is not scalable, I understand it. And I am working towards a component of the program being group, but I'll never give up the one-on-one because it's actually one of the reasons why people come to me is because they are getting that one-on-one service and that personalized service to their personal circumstances, which are very important to them. Nice. So it is very much one-on-one coaching over Zoom so I can be anywhere, they can be anywhere, and uh, designed to enable them to open up and tell me where all the rocks are hidden and all the unfortunate money decisions that they've made. They can be free and open in discussing them with me so we can overcome them and solve their challenges when it comes to growing their money and do that in an environment that's safe for them. Hey, Hustle Rebels. Did you know this podcast is brought to you by Website Love? That's my business. To help you cut back on the busyness in your business, a good place to start is to get your foundations right. I have two gifts for you to help you get your website working better. Watch the video masterclass, Six Things Your Website Needs to Get More Customers, or download the Ultimate Checklist, a 14-step plan to patch the leaks on your website. Just visit hustlerebellion.com now and scroll down to get access. So I'd like you to think of maybe a couple of case studies or people that you've worked with and walk us through the journey of the before and after, the before Andrew and the after Andrew. (laughs) So (laughs) Phyllis said, you don't have to name names. You can if you want, however you want to lead this. Sure. I'll give you two examples. I just love talking about this one in particular. This first one is not my typical client, but I love talking about it because this young lady is, for me, is a beacon to people who are thinking about or have thought that they have left their wealth creation too late. This young lady, her parents met me through a BX event and asked me to coach their daughter who had some very defined goals of what she wanted to achieve by certain birthdays. She was 16 when she started with me. She's now 17. And she already has a five-figure stock portfolio based on part-time wages. Wow. And she wants to be in a position when she's 18 to fund her graduation dress. When she's 21, she wants to have moved out of home. And by 23, she wants to own her first home. So she's extremely dedicated and driven by where she wants to be. So like I said, that's not my normal client, but she's such a great story about proving to people that you don't need to start with large sums of money to make a difference. That's the key why I like talking about her. Yeah. The other more typical example is a lady who came to me. She had a husband and two young boys that she was putting through private school. They were renting and they had immigrated to Australia some years earlier. And so 
they had to go through that period of time where they were re-establishing themselves in a new country. And that meant they were renting for a long period of time. So she came to me with the goal and dream that she wanted to buy a home for their family that was close to the schools that she wanted to put her boys in when they went to high school. And at the same time, she wanted to grow a stock portfolio and a property portfolio so that she could provide for her family for the rest of time. So just my program used to be four months. It's now six months. Okay. I just realized it just takes a little bit longer to get through things. And in the time that we worked together, she was able to buy that home for her family. And so they're now living in their dream home right near the schools that the boys are now going to. <sighs> and she's growing her stock portfolio. And so it's approaching a six-figure portfolio all from her wages. I mean, her husband works as well, but they used his wages to predominantly cover most other things. And then most of her wages went to fulfilling those ambitions. And she's, you know, again, on her way to building up a nest egg of assets that will provide for them in retirement. And I, like I have so many of those examples, not as many looking to buy their first home. Most of my clients have, have already got their first home. But they're looking to accumulate assets to provide for their future, but they just haven't quite got the right idea about how to go about it. And they're nervous because we're not taught this stuff at school. We don't get taught how to manage and grow our money at school. You know, my kids went through school when Commonwealth Bank was still offering the, the savings accounts. That's gone now. So they don't even yeah. get that experience anymore. So it's a very unfortunate scenario that we, we leave yeah. school we go and get this job where we're making some money and we pretty much have to work it all out ourselves. Yeah. So a key component of what I sell is actually confidence. I can hear that in the stories that you're telling. And when you're working with somebody, do you help them decide on where to invest? How involved are you in those decisions? That's a really important part because I can't give advice. Yeah. Because I no longer pay for those pieces of paper because it just got too ridiculous. So what I actually teach them to do is how to make decisions. Interesting. And how to identify the investment. So I give them my criteria and tools and resources that will create short lists of what to look for or what to look at. Yeah. And then how to make decisions you know, to decide between one over the other. And again, all designed to get above average returns. But I, it's basically teaching them a process to identify the right type of assets and then make decisions so that they make all the decisions. I don't make any decisions on their behalf at all. I just guide them down the path so that they're in a, by the time they're finished with me, you know, I have one question for them at the end of my program and that's, could you do this for the rest of time? And if they say yes, then I'll be their accountability buddy for 12 months. But if they say no, we keep going until they can say yes. Because ultimately, as soon as they can say yes, they can do it for the rest of time. They don't need me anymore. Wow. Oh my gosh. That... What a different take. Like I, yeah, I've never heard anyone come at it from that angle before, that empowerment, but also confidence because you're right. It's considered such a taboo subject still. And because of that, you're never taught to kind of embrace or ask good questions around your money and all the things that we just kind of shove in a too hard or too confusing or too embarrassing basket. Yeah. Well, I often say, well, I actually say this during one of my calls with people is that banks and financial institutions have overcomplicated wealth. Yeah. So that we feel compelled to pay them to do it for us. Huh. Once you understand what you're doing, it's quite simple. It's accumulate investment grade assets, as simple as that. That's, that's as complicated as it needs to be. 
And investment-grade assets in stocks and property, it doesn't get much easier than those two in terms of you don't have to go and look at all these you know, fancy additional products that are out there. Just accumulate stocks and accumulate properties and you'll get to your financial goals. You don't have to overcomplicate it. Now, I'm happy to overcomplicate it for those that want to, but you don't have to. And that's the key thing. Like I say, my, my system is simple so that it's repeatable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So with the people that you work with, you've given two examples with, from very different backgrounds and situations in their lives. Do you also work with business owners? Because we always hear that a business owner is kind of in a different bucket, so to speak, when it yeah. comes to trying to yeah. buy a home or how do you, you know, what do you do to get from here to here? Do you work with business owners? Well, business owners actually are the majority of my clients. Okay. And that's by design because I'm not sure if you know, the business owners listening to this podcast would understand, but less than 4% of businesses in Australia are saleable or sell. And most business owners' wealth plan is the sale of their business. Yes. And unfortunately, they discover when it's too late that that's not going to be the outcome. So I love working you know, with business owners because I say to them, let me be your plan B. So in case your business isn't saleable or doesn't sell for what you want it to sell for, let's have a plan B working alongside whilst you're building that business just in case. And if it becomes plan A, so be it. But at least you've got two things working at the same time. And that, so yeah, so I do work you know, very heavily with business owners of all sizes. Okay. The only requirement is that they're generating an income. One of the things I don't do for people is create an income if you don't have one. Like it's, you know, we want the business obviously to be generating some form of income that you're putting in your personal life. And we use that personal income to then uh, grow your wealth as the plan B. Excellent. Oh, love it. Well, definitely you're on the right show then because all the business owners <laughs> listening are like, really? I have hope? Really? Oh my God. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah. I want to talk now a little bit about your eight-year overnight success and really want to know recently what's changed to make your business thrive. Well, I think I'll come back to that comment that I made to you sure. to kind of close that loop that I opened before. I was at a business conference in the US as part of a mastermind group that I was a part of. And I originally went down the path of selling courses. So I thought if I could write the right type of courses, so one on money management and one on investing in stocks and property, and I could sell it to thousands of people, I would have that impact I was looking to have. Yeah. And through that mastermind, I discovered that 75% of people who buy an online course don't even open it, let alone finish it or get any results from it. But that's <laughs> how I transitioned and how I had that very slow start and difficult results to start with. So I transitioned into the one-on-one -on -one coaching. One of the people on the stage at that conference basically said at the time, to succeed with an online business, all you have to do is keep going because your competition won't. And I recently wrote to him to let him know that the last 12 months have been the best for my business and I'd finally kind of like cracked you know, the code as such or whatever the secret was, I'd found it. You know? yeah. And ultimately, it always comes back, and I hate to be cliche, but I'm doing it for the second time already, but the cliche about why I got successful was I started doing the uncomfortable stuff. I got outside my comfort zone and I said it before when I realized that 
I couldn't rely on my funnel to do all the heavy lifting. I had to intervene. Well, that intervention was picking up the phone and ringing people who had shown a small inkling of interest beyond just wanting a free resource. They'd done one step more than that, but hadn't taken the next step, which was a bigger one, which was to book a call with me. And once I started actually picking the phone up and ringing these people, business has exploded. Wow. Because I start a conversation with them and before they realize it, or before I even realized it, they know that they've found someone who can actually solve some of the challenges that they've been facing. And we just get into a conversation and if it works for them, we then have a second conversation. And during that, I show them how I can help them solve their problem and their challenges and grow their wealth. And if they're comfortable, they join the program. And would you say that that's literally the number one thing that you've done differently? The sort of the 80-20 of the 80, <laughs> the 80 of the 80-20 rule yeah. that you've done recently to actually grow your business? Is that phone call in between the book a call and the freebie? Absolutely. That is the 80 and the 20 would be just looking to get more PR. Yes without paying for it. So I paid for some education on the space, but now I I reach out to journalists directly to get that PR. And I guess, again, to come back to that conversation that we had at the conference was I finally solved my Facebook ads equation as well. So I'd spent tens of thousands of dollars trying to get ads that would work to no real success. And in the last 12 months, we've finally cracked that code as well. And so we're now, we're getting leads at less than $10. Some weeks it's seven or eight, other weeks it's four. It's incredible. And we're getting a, yeah, we're getting a seven to $8 return on every dollar spent. Wow. And so only this week, I'm I'm pretty much looking at doubling the ad spend from a low base. Like we haven't been spending a large amount of money for those people who are wondering. I've increased it from $40 a day and we're in the process of going to $80 a day purely because we now know that it's working. And because my son's come on board, he's looking for capacity. So we just want to give him more leads to call. And yeah, we're just going to keep growing and helping more people. Thank you for sharing that you don't need to spend a huge amount to be really successful and make a big impact mm. as well. It's a good good yeah. context to get people to know that it's not like, yeah, it's not all like, oh, spend $500,000 a year on ads, you know? So really Mm. smart. What did you do also to get your ads working? Was there any sort of specific type of content or something that you did in the ads to get them working better? Yeah, look, my business coach is a very dominant studier of what's working in the online space. Yeah. And he studied Homozy, obviously, like everybody is at the moment. <laughs> and we realized that there was a certain style of video very much aligned with what he was doing without necessarily being a direct replica, but very much aligned to what he was doing that was working. So we paid for a, a professional videographer to do some videos of me speaking to camera with basically just little bits of things flashing in from the side of the screen and stuff like that. But not overly polished, but just something that people could consume in about a minute, Yep. get the core message of what we were about, get an understanding of who I was without being overly polished because there's only so much polishing you can do with this. Oh my God. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, just use some of those techniques that were working for others and 
Yeah, I'm in an industry, obviously, with wealth. There's there's a lot of stuff I can't say in a Facebook ad. So we, yeah, we went real simple, no big claims, and they just seem to resonate. And so it's working. Thank you for sharing that. Every single person I talk to who also likes to share a little bit about their ads and their marketing all say the same thing, less polish, less polish, more Mm. real. So it is definitely a theme that's working, which is great. Yes. So as we start to wrap up, Andrew, I would love for you to share how people can get to know more about you if they're interested in working with you. Where do they go? Well, there's the website, which is theinvestorsway.com.au. And one of my favorite giveaways or free tools and resources that a lot of people undervalue, but if they see the trick behind it that's in it is my wealth tracker. So if you go to btsmethod.com slash wealth dash tracker, they can get that free resource. That will put them into my funnel. So just a heads up, if you get that resource, you're in my funnel and you may get a phone call if you don't uh, go all the way through it. But that wealth tracker is, I think, my secret source. It's a tool that taps into the part of our brain that encourages us to keep doing something if we're doing well. So I often say investing's a pretty boring activity and it's not one that we do every day or need to do every day. So we need something that is going to keep us on the journey. And the Wealth Track is that tool. So it's got a nice dashboard that we can track our wealth on a monthly basis. We can see it's moving in an upward direction taps into that part of the brain that says, I love what you're doing, keep doing it. And that enables you to stay the journey because wealth is a long-term journey. I'm not about get rich quick at all. I am about the long-term journey. So to stay that long-term, we need something to reinforce it. And the Wealth Tracker does that. So if you use it effectively, you'll be well on your way. Guys, you'll find that link in our show notes. And as we start to wrap up, Anyone that's listening that's sort of been in business for maybe five, six, seven, eight years, and they're looking for that break and they're desperately trying to get to that point, do you have any advice for them? It's very, very straightforward, this one. It's just keep going. Keep going. Yeah, come back to those tips I said at the outset, which is find out what it is that's going to drive your business to be successful, but just don't give up. Like I've probably had three or four years at the end of the like end of June where I've looked at my numbers and just gone, why am I doing this? Like, why am I putting myself through all of this effort for zero return? But I just knew that I was onto something. I knew that there was a need for this out there. You know, Tony Robbins has written a book called Unshakable. The first 92 pages of that book basically say why you need to get financially educated. And he even does the maths for you to prove it to you with maths. So as soon as I read that, I knew I was onto something. And so if you know you're onto something and you know you're going to have an impact on this world, then just don't give up. Just keep going and do what it takes to get those results that you need and want. On that note, that's a perfect way to end this episode. So thank you guys for tuning in and listening as always. Andrew, thank you so much for taking time out of your business and your day to share such wonderful advice to the listeners as well. Thank you for having me, Heather. It's been great fun. Hey, Hustle Rebels, if you enjoyed tuning in, you have to check out hustlerebellion.com. It's where you get access to the special resources mentioned in these episodes and can watch the video versions. If this episode gave you a few tips to help you run your business better so you can live a more joyful life, 
please rate and review it and pass it along to a fellow business owner. As always, thank you for your support.